Welcome in to the podcast for all fans of the best basketball league in the world. For the next 24 minutes, everything you need to know about the NBA is given to you in the simplest of ways, straight to the point. No overloads of stats or articles, just telling it like it is so that even a non-NBA fan becomes a fanatic. So get ready. Warm-ups just ended, and the possession arrow belongs to... And welcome back. And now I welcome in my third guest of this podcast history. And I really want to thank him for taking the time to do so. Mr. Joe Starkey, for those of you in the Pittsburgh area, might know him from his time every weekday on 93.7 The Fan on the Cook and Joe show and his articles as well in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and various other locations that we're going to talk about. Now, Joe, once again, thank you for taking the time. For those of you who know Joe for his work here in Pittsburgh, you might not be familiar with the fact that he's quite the NBA buff. He's quite the basketball buff. Uh, I've come to learn in my experiences in working alongside Joe. And growing up in Buffalo, New York, uh, there was an NBA team there for a brief spell in your time growing up. What really drew you to the NBA game, uh, whether it was the Buffalo Braves or any other player, coach, anything what really drew you to the NBA product uh, growing up? Well, it was definitely the Buffalo Braves. You know, basketball is my favorite sport to play when I was a kid, and we had a team. We lost the team when I was about, I don't know, 13 years old. That was horrible. And my first lesson in in the, the cruel business of sports, and it's good to be with you, by the way, Eddie. I appreciate you having me on. Um, but absolutely, the Braves. and this was a long time ago, so I would go to bed each night or, you know, whatever night the NBA was on with a little transistor radio next to my bed, listening to Van Miller call the Buffalo Braves games, and they were good, you know, they were good fast. They came into the league, what, about 69, 70, 70, somewhere in there, and they had, pretty soon they had Bob McAdoo, Randy Smith, um, Ernie DiGregorio, who was a great passer. John Shoemate, Kenny Charles from Fordham, uh, and they wound up having really good teams. They just couldn't get past the Celtics. Nobody could in those mm-hmm. days, uh, although it was sort of after the Celtics' real dynasty. It was a new crop of players, but they were still really good. But, man, I loved watching the Buffalo Braves, and a lot of great players came through Buffalo. Um, they didn't necessarily have great tenures there, but Tiny Archibald came through Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Moses Malone. Adrian Dantley. It was unbelievable. Um, and, and the guys that came through Buffalo, it was fantastic. Billy now, you, Knight from Pitt. Billy Knight from Pitt came through there. He was certainly, really good. Certainly. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You did, before you came to the Pittsburgh area, cover the NBA? Have you covered basketball or the NBA prior to you no. coming to Duquesne or, or the Pittsburgh area? No, I've never covered the NBA. I've always wanted to cover the Golden State Warriors, but I never I never covered the league. Is that sort of something in your career that's a bucket list thing for you? Have you always wanted to be either a beat writer or some sort of reporter for the NBA or an NBA team? Yeah, I mean, it's been in the back of my mind, the Golden State Warriors someday. Um, but someday is arriving pretty fast here. I, I like writing columns. And I don't know that I'd want to be a beat writer, but still, somewhere in the back of my mind, I've always been attracted to that atmosphere out in the San Francisco, Oakland area and how much they love the Warriors and a lot of the players that have come through there. 
Um, so that's in the back of my mind. I don't think it'll ever happen unless Pittsburgh gets an NBA team where I'll be regularly covering the NBA. But, man, I would have liked to have done that. Uh, you brought up a great point that I wanted to bring up while I had you here, uh, and that was I go on the record a lot, and I, I'm here to say that I think Pittsburgh would be a good, uh, good basketball, good NBA town. Do you think the same? Yeah. I mean, the problem would be getting the corporate dollars uh, to flow to four professional sports teams instead of just three. So I'm not sure that it would ever be doable, but would I love to see it? Yes. Uh, I think, and I think people, I think people would support it, but only if they were good, you know, Pittsburgh loves a winner. And if you brought in an expansion team, it might uh, start hot for a little while. And then if they don't win, you'd be in trouble, but I think there's a market for it. I do. I think Pittsburgh would come out to watch. They'd come out to watch a good team. Certainly. I think winning solves a lot of problems and that would be one of them, at least as an expansion franchise. And Mm -hmm. I always say that anytime pit basketball is somewhat good, especially nowadays, now that, you know, the days of the big East and Dixon have moved on anytime pit is worth noting people note it at least around this town. So uh, I, I would like to think that Pittsburgh having an NBA team, glad to have someone else who definitely would like to see it um now something else that i wanted to talk about with you is that you've been a fan of basketball and a fan of and following the nba product since the 70s i don't know how much you keep up with the product nowadays but what about those days of old the 70s the 80s even the 90s and now today's product what do you like about today's product that's changed from then and what don't you like about today's product that's changed from then the three-point line on both counts eddie i mean it's it's fun to watch like i mentioned the warriors i love watching them i love the way they move the ball and i I like the three-pointer on the other hand it's sort of taken away from any semblance of a post game i mean he used to throw it into guys and it, it got a little bit boring especially with Shaq. And God bless Shaq because he was amazing. But I didn't like watching those Lakers teams because it, it was just pure brute force uh, with Shaq. And, and I think the NBA got to the point where, where it could become a little bit boring. But back in the 70s, my recollection is that it was more enjoyable. And I watched guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bob Lanier and people like that work out of the post. I mean, that was an art form back then that's just lost to history because of the three point line. It would seem, you know, now it's layup or three pointer. Those are the two shots that you want. And what's been lost is that, you know, well, the post game for one, the mid range jumper for two. Um, And I just think there were more, I don't know, characters back then. You know, I loved watching guys like George Gervin, the Iceman and Dr. J and man, Dr. J's game, has certainly stood the test of time. You could you could put him in a game today and he would be awesome, you know, just as exciting, more exciting than probably anybody else in the league. Um, the physicality isn't what it used to be. I sort of enjoyed that, although that became, you know, um, a little bit ridiculous with the bad boys. And I was watching a Pistons game, by the way, from a long time ago the other day. Did you know that it, it was the Pistons Celtics playoff game when Robert Parrish had had enough of Bill Lambeer 
and just started punching him in the face during a game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't even I have know. Seen that. I don't even know if he got a technical. He definitely he didn't get kicked out of the game. It was just like, eh, that's not that big of a deal, is it? Let's just separate him. Yeah. Like that's you definitely don't see that anymore. And that's I mean, I'm with you. I, I as someone who's definitely uh grown up in the age of the three-point line and definitely the physicality has declined since the turn of the century but it's i mean i'm someone who's a tradition a traditionalist i like watching old-time games and, and just seeing how basketball used to be played and i i prefer that game the skill level i think is definitely improved from whether it's a ball handling or a shooting standpoint but as far as inside the only real skill you see is there's a few guards in the league who can finish inside, but otherwise there's not really many guys who try to, and that's kind of a shame because there's not really many well-rounded. I mean, you have your elite players nowadays, obviously your LeBron James is your Kevin Durant's and, and so on and so forth, but there's not many guys who really have the full arsenal of a game. Would you agree with that? I do. And, and it becomes, sometimes it becomes boring me um when it turns into a three-point shooting contest mm -hmm. you know and there's so many games and i feel like it's just uh, sometimes a matter of luck like if the team's hot on a given night they're going to win and if they're not they're they're going to lose it just becomes you know are you hitting your threes tonight let's have a three-point shooting contest and that can get boring at times you know, the Warriors to me were a lot of fun to watch because it was more than that. And they did have a guy like Sean Livingston with a mid-range game and mm -hmm. uh, they shared the ball and they got to the basket and it was just a lot of fun to watch. But for a lot of these games, man, it just, it turns into just that, a three-point shooting contest and it's boring sometimes. Now, how much, obviously with your current job and you don't have to really pay attention to the NBA as far as what you have to talk about on a daily basis or write about for the Pittsburgh market, but how much have you kept up with the NBA product currently? Do you keep up with it much? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I watch the NBA just cause I find some games boring. I mean, uh, you know, last year's playoffs were awesome in the bubble. I mean, every night was a total battle uh, and I enjoyed watching it. I love watching uh, the Raptors. I thought without Kawhi Leonard hung in there for a long time and really battled. And I was rooting for them. And uh, even the finals were good with the Lakers. Uh, I thought the Nuggets should have beaten the Lakers. I thought they got ripped off at the end of one game. I can't even remember what happened now. I think it was a foul that wasn't called. Um, but I love the Nuggets in the bubble. Uh, Murray and um, Jokic, they were fun to watch. That's a team that's fun to watch because Jokic is a guy who um, is, is, is sort of a throwback type of player. He has a post-up game. He can do a lot. I love it when they throw it to him in the post and play off him, and he's a great passer. He's, he's fun to watch, and the Nuggets are too. Certainly. And I, I'm a big fan of Jokic myself. And, you know, I, I think guys – there's a, you do have sparingly a few bigs who I think, like you said about Dr. J, you could place him in really any era. I think you could – place some of these bigs nowadays into those olden days. And I think they'd be just fine. I don't know if they put up the production as far as stats go, but they'd hold their own. They could be starters. I think in those days, guys like Jokic, Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis. But other than those four, there's not many else, many others uh, alongside that. So when it comes to the current NBA product, you mentioned the nuggets, how they're, how fun they are to watch. What's your favorite part of the NBA today? 
whether it's a player, whether mm. it's an aspect of the game, what, what's well, the best it, thing you watch? Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry is the greatest combination of ball handler, shooter, and passer, which is an underrated part of his game, that there's ever been. Certainly the greatest since Pistol Pete. Like a lot of guys, I can think of some great shooters. Ray Allen, Reggie Miller come to mind, many more. I can think of a lot of great ball handlers, Isaiah Thomas, um, whoever you want to think of who's a, who was a great ball handler. Um, and Isaiah was a great shooter too, by the way. John Stockton, great ball handler. Many point guards um, have been that. And then I can think of a lot of great passers. Magic Johnson would be number one on my all-time list. Larry Bird was a great passer, a great shooter, and a really good rebounder. But as far as these three things, shooter, ball handler, and passer, I think Curry is the best combination of those three things in the history of the game. Um, he's unbelievable in what he does. I mean, sometimes he gets careless. As Draymond Green said, he blanks around with the ball a lot, but he said it affectionately, I think, on a night when, when Steph didn't do that and Draymond wanted to pay him a compliment. He might be the best pure shooter ever, certainly in that conversation. Then the way he handles the ball is ridiculous if you watch him. Um, and then the most underrated aspect of his, of his game is he is a great, great passer. And he doesn't get enough credit for that, man. When he goes to the basket, he finds people. He finds people on the break. Uh, his passes are perfectly timed. He can go uh, fancy and entertain people with that. He, every time they're on, I want to watch them. I, I agree. I, I'm someone who, I was in the uncommon and minority uh, back when the Warriors had the, the great foursome of Green, Durant, Thompson, and Curry, and everyone hated them. But at the same yeah. time, I, I was someone who kept saying, it's like the dream team where you don't want to hate how good they are. I'd rather appreciate the greatness that you're seeing. Sure. You can, you can diss how, how kind of ridiculous it is that it all came together that way to where those four were able to be in the same starting five, but for the time being that they were together, I mean, it was some of the purest forms of basketball you've ever seen. And I just love watching the game of basketball when it's played at its best. I I'm sure you're the same. Yeah, and I think it's good for the game when the best teams play like that. The San Antonio Spurs were like that. The old yeah. school Celtics, Lakers, even the Pistons. Some of what they did I didn't think was great for the game. I thought they butchered people at times. Um, but, but they shared the ball and played a good game, a good, a good team game. I think the Spurs, I loved it when they won, and I loved it when the Warriors won because they played the game the way that you would want to teach kids to play it which is shoot when you're open and share the ball, pass and cut, pass and cut. Got to play defense. You have to rebound. Those teams did that. Even those Warriors teams, you have to do that. You have to play defense. I mean, they had a stopper in Iguodala and Draymond Green's a very good defensive player and they played really good team defense. So Clay Thompson's a really good defender. They never got credit for that, but that's how you win championships really in the end. Um, and I think it's just good for the game when the best teams play like that. Some of LeBron's teams didn't play like that. It was more LeBron and for instance, Kyrie Irving, when they won their individual brilliance, they were very good defensively too. But that, that, that really isn't my cup of tea, watching, watching just guys 
sort of take turns going one-on-one a lot. It's not, not what I love. Now, LeBron's a great, LeBron's unbelievable, right? I mean, every team he goes on goes to the finals. Um, but with his team, sometimes there's a little bit more uh, of stagnancy and one-on-one play that I don't enjoy as much as I've enjoyed Spurs Warriors. Final question for you before we get to a little surprise that I do with, I'm going to start a tradition with most of my guests, if not all of them. Mm-hmm. Final question is, do you think it's fair to compare eras when it comes to comparing individual players? I think the Jordan, yes. Le- you think that's fair? Yes. Do you? Yes, I do too. I, I think it's easy to look at, er- not easy, but I think it's, it's okay to look at different eras, see how the game was played and then say, could a guy, could have a specimen like LeBron play then and put up the same numbers? I say no, but that's just in that specific case. But there's so many guys. I mean, we talked about it with the big men. There, I think you can look at a lot of players and put them in different eras. And I think you could see some succeed and some wouldn't. I don't think James Harden was be, would be as good in the 70s and 80s if, as he is now. Would you agree with that? Or any other players come to your mind as far as who you could place in different spots? And- um determine success i mean obviously when you have a three-point line everything changes right but james harden is talented enough where i think he would have adjusted to any type of game i do i think james harden would have been great i I think the great players all of them would have found a way to adjust to a given era that's just my opinion um maybe some of the plotters from way back wouldn't keep up with the speed but you know i mean People want to want to always shoot down the idea of comparing between eras. And in my mind, let's just make the simple mental adjustment. Like, obviously, if um, if a lot a, a great defensive lineman from the 1960s was put into today's NFL, he'd be smaller than some of the quarterbacks. So let's in our mind just make the adjustment and put another 40 pounds on him and picture him nowadays. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not that hard. (laughs) It's not that hard to do. Let's just do that. Like Sidney Crosby in, in, in 1983 probably wouldn't have been the workout warrior he is. Right. But if you took this Crosby and put him back then, he'd be unbelievable, but he probably wouldn't have been that guy back then. He wouldn't have. And, 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 Mario, if you put him in today's game, would have been probably a workout warrior. He wasn't his comeback. So I think the greatest of the greats can always make the adjustment. And I could picture almost any great NBA player playing in any era. I could. I I tend to agree with you. I I think it's fair to make that assumption. And boy, howdy, wouldn't it be fun if you could actually take those players and and put them back? It would be fun to watch – Someone you know who like, the greatest NBA player of all time is, Eddie? I have my opinion on who it is, but I'd like to hear yours as well now. I'd like to hear yours first. I think it's Michael Jordan. I'm I'm a I'm not a product of my generation, and I think Michael Jordan is the greatest player who ever lived. I think it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I was watching an old uh, one of those great shows on NBA Network where the guys sit down who were in it back then and go over the games and the finals this time it was worthy. Um, Isaiah Thomas and John Sally, and they were going back and looking at one of the Pistons Lakers final series together and watching tape. Mm -hmm. And they were 
Isaiah and James Worthy, two of the greatest players ever, looked at Kareem in that series. He got it and, you know, did the sky hook or whatever. And they both said, this dude was 39 in that series. He was 39 and look at him dominating. Mm -hmm. And Worthy said, I don't care what anybody else says. Kareem is the goat. And Isaiah agreed. Now, Isaiah has a little bit of a beef with Jordan. I realize that. But Kareem was ridiculous. If you don't want to call him the greatest NBA player, I guess I'll hear that argument. But he's definitely the greatest basketball player ever as far as resume goes. He almost never lost in high school. He won four national championships that I think was Final Four MVP four times in college. He led the Milwaukee freaking Bucks to the NBA (laughs) title before he took off from there. And then he won a bunch with the Lakers. I mean, I, I just think he's the greatest player ever. That's now see that's a different uh, side of the coin when it comes to the argument is is overall basketball player nobody looks at high school nobody looks at college because you can't really do that with everybody especially not with LeBron not having a college resume and Jordan obviously the famous getting cut in high school and and not only winning what one national championship at UNC as compared yeah. to Kareem's four I don't hear a lot of people bring that side of the argument up is overall basketball player nba player you're right i think the argument can still be made for a few guys but man it's hard to go against kareem's resume as far as uh not just the winning but the production side of it okay so here's the surprise and this is what something i did with my last guest and something i'm going to do with my guests going forward i call it 20 i'm scared eddie i'm scared (laughs) you have no reason to be scared i like to think it's it's going to be fun um we're having fun already uh it's called 20 dribbles. It's 20 questions. Okay. Is the game. I have an NBA player on my laptop ready to be recognized. You have 20 yes or no questions to figure out who this NBA player is now. Okay. Just to, just for those listening questions can include things like, is he currently in the NBA? Did he win an NBA championship? Is he in the basketball hall of fame? Yada, yada, yada. Did he play between 1970, 1980, whatever. Those questions, he's got 20 of them. And if he gets this player, and I'd like to think, I'll, I'll tell the backstory as to why I picked this player for you specifically, uh, if you figure it out or when the game is over. But uh, but let's, let's get to it. Uh, I have your basketball player pulled up and his career accomplishments. So go ahead whenever you're ready. Ask whatever you'd like. Did he play in the 70s? Yes. Did he play in the 80s? Let me just make sure here. Yes, he did. Is he taller than 6'10"? From the listing I have here, yes. Did he ever lead the league in scoring? That's a tough one, Eddie, isn't it? That That's a tough one as far as finding it. Uh, now, was he a big scorer? Yes, yes. Did he win championships? Yes. Kareem? No. And and I, I, I will add, incorrect guesses count as a question. So sure. that's Oh, yeah. yes. So of that's, course they do. I wouldn't expect anything other than that. That's only fair. So he's bigger than 6'11 or 6'10. He's at least 6'11 then. Um, He won championships in the 70s and 80s. 
or at least he won championships. He played in the 70s and 80s. In the 70s and 80s. You sure he's that tall? I have six foot ten is what I'm looking at right here. And he was a great player? I would say so. Is he in the Hall of Fame? Yes, he is. Holy horse milk. Um, <laughs> how many questions is that? That is uh, eight asked, so you have 12 remaining. Oh, come on. He won championships. He's in the Hall of Fame. Did he win multiple championships? Yes. And I will say, I'll give you this one for free. Uh, when you asked about, has he ever led the NBA in scoring? Yes, he has. Bob McAdoo. You got it. On the 10th yeah! try, halfway through, Bob McAdoo is this. My all-time favorite player. He averaged 34.5 points a game one year for the Buffalo Braves. He was the first great outside shooting big man. He had a great orange and white wristbands he used to wear from North Carolina. He came to play every night. Really the first big man who shot the ball from the outside, rebounded, blocked shots, and ran the court. What a player Bob McAdoo was. He was an MVP one year, and they should have won a championship, but they kept losing to the Celtics. And if he had stayed with the Braves, I think he would have led them to a championship. But they traded him to the New York Knicks, which broke my heart. But then he wound up on the Lakers, and I love Magic Johnson. And I was always an 80s Lakers guy, and he helped them win. He came off the bench for them, Bob McAdoo did. Thank you, Eddie. Ahead of his time, I'd like to think that's for sure. Well, and, and the backstory, real quick for those listening, uh, I had Mr. Starkey here for a sports writing night class at Waynesburg University at, as part of the <laughs> Department of Communication. The first introduction I had to him, other than listening to his show on the radio in the past, having never met this man, the first thing that this man does for our class, we all sit down. And he plays us a mixtape highlight reel of Bob McAdoo from back in the day. And it was <laughs> one of, it, it was random, but I loved it. And that's just one of the lasting memories I have of uh, Mr. Starkey. And you know, I, I really do want to thank you and, and for taking the time and coming on here. And I hope we can do this again sometime. And I know you're a busy guy, but I'm really thankful that you were able to make some time for us here on the Throwing Elbows podcast. That's the name of it. I love it. Eddie, and it was great having you and your buddies in class. And I love talking NBA. So anytime, I appreciate it, man. Check back here for more weekly content throughout the season. And once we get into the off season, every other week, we'll have more interviews like this coming up every week so far. And uh, check back here on the Throwing Elbows podcast for Joe Starkey and myself at Diorio. We'll see you next time. Well, it looks like the shot clock has expired. Never miss an episode of Throwing Elbows with me, Eddie D. The NBA podcast by the unlikely NBA guy can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast outlets. You can also find today's episode on YouTube. Search Throwing Elbows with Eddie D. Click on the first playlist you see. When the league's in season, so am I, as I'll be putting out new episodes every week of the NBA season. Be sure to come back next time to see what we got coming out of this timeout.